Listen, I want to talk about hearing from God. You know, the Bible says in the book of Revelation over and over, it says, hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Uh, in Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 14, it's, it talks about they that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. In fact, the Amplified Version says it this way. It says, uh, for all those that are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God. I, I think that's interesting, the way the Amplified Version puts that. All those that are allowing themselves. Uh, that means there's an element of permission that the individual believer gives to the Spirit of God to speak into our lives and, and lead us uh, in the direction that God has for us. You know, God, God by His Spirit is speaking a lot of things to the church. I, I know one of the things that we're holding on to uh, from a prophetic word that was spoken over this church back in 2017, it said this, it says, that grace will be a well of life, a place of encountering the Father's presence, His love, uh, love not just for grace, but for other churches. And, and then it, it went on and it said this, Something is stirring, something is moving, something is shaking, something is quaking, something is rearranging, revival is here. There have been so many prophetic words over this church over the last few years, and, and you know, sometimes it's hard to hold on to them. Because, listen, a lot of times a prophetic word, you receive it because God knows you're going to have to have something to anchor your life to when all of the opposite things begin to come against you. Maybe your experience has been different, but every time I've gotten a prophetic word, almost every time, it seems like everything in the world came against what that prophetic word was all about. But I had that as an anchor. I, I was able to anchor my vision. I was able to anchor my thoughts to that prophetic word. That's what they're for. So, so they encourage us. They, uh, they, they, you know, as Paul said, uh, a word of prophecy is for edification to build you up, exhortation and comfort. So, so listen, what is the Spirit of God saying? They that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You know, over the nearly 38 years that I've pastored this church, the one thing that I've heard over and over from uh, from believers, new believers, uh, believers that have been at it for a little while, and older believers that have been at it for a lot of years. I, I hear it over and over again. It, it, really, it really is kind of sad because they, they'll say, hey, I, I never hear God. I don't hear his voice. I hear people talking all the time about, you know, God spoke to me or God showed me, and, and I just don't, I don't have that experience. Uh, you know, and I, I do think it's sad, and sometimes it's just we need to be trained a little bit on hearing his voice. But I think it's sad because to think that the Father, you know, our Father who art in heaven, that Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, that a Father would not desire to speak to his children. Any Father that loves his kids wants to have relationship with them wants to be able to speak into their life, wants to be able to share things that can help them, maybe encourage them, maybe warn them, bring, bring caution into their lives, because that's what a good father does. 
so, so here's the thing. I believe we have a good father, but you have so many believers that say, but yeah, but I don't think he ever speaks to me. Well, that's not true. The, the problem is not in the speaking. The problem is in the hearing. You know, I've used the illustration before and, you know, it, it just goes, it, it, it's worth repeating. You know, nowadays, I mean, we used to do this in, in uh, the context of radio waves. And obviously we still have those, but now it's Wi-Fi, internet. I mean, there's, there's uh, Wi-Fi uh, signals and, you know, radio and TV just flying through the air all the time. Well, you can't see them, you can't hear them. You can't connect to them unless you have the proper antenna, unless you have the proper equipment. So what I say and what I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches, is that God is speaking all the time. He's speaking, he's showing, he's revealing. It's just you got to have the right antenna. <laughs> that's right, you got to have the right equipment. And that's why Jesus, he said, I, I've got to leave pretty soon, but I'm going to send another comforter. He's not just going to be with you as I've been with you, but he's going to live in you. That's why he told the disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. So, so I, want to, I want to give you some things that might help you, might challenge you a little bit in, in how to hear the voice of God, how to hear from God. You know, I just, I just believe there are certain reasons that you really, really want to hear from God. Number one, I, I believe it gives you a distinct advantage in life. Let, let me explain that. See, in 2 Kings chapter 6, we see the story of the king of Syria. And, and you know, he, he, had, he had evil motives against God's people. Well, every time he came up with a plan where he was going to attack, all of a sudden the plan of, of the king of Syria was revealed to the children of God. And, and it made the king of Syria so mad. He said, who is the traitor among us? Well, somebody in that group knew what was going on. He said this, he says, listen, there's no traitor among us. It's this guy, this prophet named Elisha. Elisha reveals to the people of God things that you spoke in your bedchamber. I mean, it doesn't get more private than that. It doesn't get more secluded than that. And he says, the very things you've spoken in your bedchamber, Elisha is revealing uh, he's revealing your plans. Uh, hearing from God gives us a distinct advantage. Hearing his voice expands our options. We, we may be looking in one direction and think that's the only thing we can do. And, and yet then we hear from God to go in a direction we would have never chosen. It, it expands our options when we can hear the plan of God from God. God loves us. Uh, that much. I, I, believe, I believe when you hear the voice of God, it, it makes known that which cannot be seen. It makes known that which cannot be seen. Uh, you know, there are times that's come in real handy. It comes in real handy when you're raising kids. And all of a sudden you're asking your God, hey, what's my teenage son doing or my teenage daughter doing? Uh, you know, and you're, you're praying for them. And, and all of a sudden you kind of get a revelation on on what they're up to. You know, it's not like you see the exact things or I've, I've had that happen. I had that when we were raising our kids. 
I, I had this inner knowing that there was something going on or, or very specific of where they were or, or some trouble that they had had. And, and I was able to talk to them about it and even confront them on it. It, it can give you a, it can give you an ex, a distinct advantage. It expands your options. It it makes known the unseen. So so there are wonderful things that hearing from God can do for you. The psalmist says in Psalm ninety five verse seven and eight, he says, "Today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your heart. Today, if you'll hear, listen. I need to hear His voice every day." Today, if you will hear his voice, if is a big word, it means you have a choice to make. You have to choose that you're going to hear from God. You got to choose it. So, so maybe you are one of those that say, I just can't hear from God. I heard a preacher say this a couple of years ago, and it made a profound impact on my life. So I'm just going to repeat it. He said, the problem is not that you cannot hear the voice of God. Uh, but that you're so willing to listen to so many other voices. It, it's, it's, not, it's not that we need to quiet the noise around us. Sometimes we need to quiet the noise, the voices within us. And I'm not trying to get spooky or weird or anything, but, you know, sometimes our thoughts and sometimes the thoughts that people have sown into our minds that are, we're dwelling on, we can't get it out of our mind. Sometimes there's so much noise on the inside of us that it's very hard to hear that still, small voice of the Spirit of God. I, I, I want you to know that one of the most important things you can learn about, uh, about the voice of God and hearing God is that you need to stop saying that you don't hear his voice. And I'll, I'll get into that in just a moment. But there, there are some very, very important principles in this. Uh, we, we see in, we, we see, uh, let, let me just, let me just start at this point. I was going to start somewhere else. I'm going to start in another point. How do you, how do you know the voice of God? First of all, you got to know the character and nature of God. You see, you know, if, if I look at my homeowner's uh, insurance, I guarantee there is a clause in there that excludes certain acts of God or it, it limits the liability based on certain acts of God. See, the insurance agents, the insurance industry has ascribed certain disasters to acts of God. See, there, there's so many opinions about who does what. If you don't know the character and nature of God, then it'll be more difficult to know when it's him that is speaking to you. Here are four things you need to know about the character of God. Number one, that he is good. Psalm verse 27, verse 13, 27, 13 says this, uh, that, that, that uh, he is good that our God is good. Oh, taste and see. <laughs> Almost forgot the verse. Oh, taste and see that he is good. He's a good God. And, and a good God isn't a God that brings disaster into our life. I'm sorry. I, I, those two thoughts do not coexist in my world. So he's a good God. He's an able God. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 21, whatever God has promised, he is able also to perform. He is an able God. But he's also, according to Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, he's also a willing God. He's willing. 
You know, the leper came to him and said, if you will, I can be clean. Jesus said, I will be thou clean. He's, he's a good God. He's an able God. He's a willing God. And he's a fair God. Now, by fair, I, I mean this. He won't do something for me that he won't do for you. See, you've got to understand the character and nature of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 uh, says this. It says, he is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. He's not going to do something for me that he won't do for you. If the promise is in the word, he'll do that promise. He'll perform that promise for you as well as you will for me. That's the character of God. Now, now see, those four things are, are very important to truly knowing, discerning the voice of God. If, if you don't know the character and nature of God, you know, it's kind of like, uh, there were a couple of times in my, uh, in my growing up years that neighborhoods had these scary houses. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it's the scary house. It's where the witch lives. And obviously there's no witch lives there. There's mean people live there. Or there's a mean old man and he likes to, he likes to attack whatever. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The kids, kids often have these ideas of these uh, evil homes, evil people living in these scary looking houses. It, it's kind of like that. If you don't know the character and nature of God, it, it's kind of like the scary house in the neighborhood. And it, it, opens, our, it opens our mind to uh, irrational opinions. If you don't know the character and nature of God based on the word of God, it opens, it opens your thought process to irrational opinions about God. Your opinion about God cannot be based on your circumstances. It's got to be based on what the Word of God says about God. <laughs> Come on. It doesn't get any more important than that. So when you say, yeah, but I don't, I really don't hear God. I don't know that I can hear God. So let me give you a few pointers. All right. Number one, know his character and nature. Uh, number two, you, you've got to know what the Bible teaches. You, you just do. I'm sorry. You got to know what the Bible teaches. You've got to become more and more familiar with his word because his word is his will. If all of a sudden you think, well, you know, I think God's speaking to me. And, and I heard that the word of God says something very different from that. But I think this is God. Let me tell you, throw out what you think you've heard. Because what the word of God says is what the spirit of God will reveal to your heart. The spirit and the word agree. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 and Six through eight, I believe it is. First John chapter five, verse six through eight. The spirit and the word will always agree. So you've got to get to know what the uh, what the Bible what the Bible actually teaches. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, "This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but I shall meditate therein day and night. For then I will make my way prosperous; I will have good success." I've got to. Uh, in fact, uh, what is it? Uh, Psalm 119, it says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Uh, knowing the word is the most important thing you can do. In fact, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the word became flesh and dwelled among us. You've got to get to know the Bible. You've got to know the word of God. His word is his will. He will not speak to you something contrary 
to what the word says. So you got to get to know the word so you can judge any words that you think he's speaking to you. Now, if, if you don't know the word very well, don't, don't feel bad about that. Don't be afraid of that. Find somebody that does know. I, I guarantee you know somebody that knows more about the word. And if you don't, you ought to come to grace because there are a lot of people here that know a lot about the word. We're not perfect. And we're not know-it-alls. But you know what? There's somebody here that can help you. They, they really can. They can help you navigate that. Number two, minimize distractions. So number one, get to know the character and nature of God. Number two, get to know the Bible. Number three, minimize distractions. You know what yours are. I don't know what yours are. I know what mine are. I know the kind of things that distract me. Some study they did not that long ago says the average attention span of a, of, of a human adult is about 6.2 seconds. Watch somebody with their, with their mobile phone. Watch somebody with their mobile phone and they're sitting there scrolling and they're looking and they're doing and they set it down. Count how many seconds before they pick it back up again and start all over. It's, it's an addiction. It's, it's something that has distracted us. Oftentimes, it's part of the noise in our lives. So it can become a real problem. You've got you've to eliminate distractions by eliminating options. Sometimes it's the only way uh, you, can, you can eliminate those things. And can I just say, if you can't control it, you need to remove it. If television is a, a, a distraction to you, you, you need to unplug it and, and disconnect the cable. I'm serious. Listen, if, if hearing from God is a life and, death, life and death situation, you need to hear from God. You've got to hear his voice. I, I hope you understand that, that sometimes it, it is life and death. I, I remember a time when I was in Bible school, my wife was at a ladies meeting. I think it was a prayer thing. And she should have been driving home at, at, at a certain hour. And all of a sudden, I just had this horrible feeling on the inside that I needed to pray for my wife. So I began to pray, I prayed, I spoke the word, I prayed in the spirit just for a couple of minutes. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I guess that was it. Well, when she got home, she said, yeah, I was coming down 71st Avenue out of Tulsa. I was coming down 71st Avenue. And all of a sudden in my lane, there was this gigantic box like a refrigerator box. Well, she didn't know what was in it. And all we had was this little Ford Fiesta, little roller skate kind of a car. I mean, thank God it was a nice car, but it was a tiny little thing. And, and she swerved into what would have been oncoming traffic to mix, miss the box. And there was no oncoming traffic. Now, am I saying that my prayers fixed that or helped that? I don't know. All I know is I knew to pray. And thank God I didn't have any distractions when the Spirit of God was trying to alert me, pray for your wife. Sometimes it's a matter of life and death. And, and listen, again, if, if your phone is a distraction, you, you need to shut off your internet. You need to do whatever you need to do. How bad do you want to hear the voice of God? Unfortunately, I think most people, they say they want to, but I don't know, maybe our actions betray us a little bit. So number, number one, get to know the character and nature of God. Number two, get to know the word of God. Number three, remove distractions. Uh, uh, number four, stop saying, stop saying I don't hear God's voice. <laughs> that, that sounds elementary, but it's true. Stop saying that. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. 
and a stranger's voice they will not follow. I'm going with him, okay? Just because you haven't discerned his voice doesn't mean you haven't heard his voice. You may have heard his voice and didn't know it was his voice for a whole lot of reasons. So, so stop saying you don't hear his voice, all right? Stop saying you don't hear his voice. Uh, you you got to be careful with the words of your mouth. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, that we are snared by the words of our mouth. We are snared. We're caught in a trap by the words of our mouth. Proverbs 18, uh, verse 2 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, so, so be very, very careful the kind of things that you say. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Hebrews 10, verse 23 uh, says uh, to, to say the same thing. Uh, that, that we're ne we need to, in fact, how it says it in the King James, it says, hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering because he is faithful who had made the promise. So if Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, you got to stop saying you don't. You got to start saying the same thing that he says. Hamilageo, the compound word means to say the same. Uh, hold fast to your profession, your confession, homiligeo. Say the same thing God is saying. I hear the voice of my Father. Jesus said it. Be in agreement with him. That's, a, that's some great advice, Pastor Jerry. Thank you very much. I think I'll take it myself. And then the last thing is this. Practice. Yeah, practice. I, I see practice with the little things, practice with things that, you know, they matter, but they're, they're not life and death issues. So, so practice. <clears throat> One of the things that I've practiced in, and I know this will sound silly, maybe it's trivial to you, but I believe God cares about everything. And, and the thing is, is I'm trying to improve my skill on hearing when he's speaking to me. So, so I'll, I'll actually pray, like if I've misplaced my, my keys, if I misplace my keys, and, and obviously now there are these little push-button things, remote keys, starters, all that stuff. But I still carry a, a building key with me and a, a swipe card, you know, to get me into my building, you know, as far as the electronic uh, entry thing. But sometimes I misplace things. Doesn't happen often, but, uh, but I do do that. So what I've learned a long time ago is to stop, take a moment, pray, and just say, Holy Spirit, show me where my keys are. Now, if, if that sounds silly to you, don't do it, okay? I'm just telling you, I'm trying to improve my skill in hearing his voice. So practice. I, I practice on these kind of things. I, I'll never forget, it was a number of years ago, probably about seven, eight years ago, uh, I had to get to the office and I couldn't find my, my eyeglasses. Now, I wear contacts and uh, but I do have a pair of eyeglasses, and for a long time, I was just wearing my glasses. I just got tired of wearing contacts. Now I'm wearing contacts, and I get, you know, get tired of wearing those. But anyway, I, I couldn't find my eyeglasses. I was heading to the office. So I asked my wife if she, if she had seen them, and she hadn't. And she goes, have you prayed about it? And I said, no, I didn't. Let me, I'm just going to do that. I said, Holy Spirit, show me where they are. The very first thought I had was they were up on my bed. 
Well, I went up on my bed. My bed was already made. You know, the covers were pulled up, the, the, all the, you know, 10 pillows, you know, all that kind of stuff, decorative pillows. Everything was in place. And I looked, there were no lumps. I felt around, couldn't see anything. They aren't there. I guess I missed it. Because I can miss it. Everybody does. I'm practicing. So I went back downstairs. I looked in some of the more obvious places where, where they should be. Went out, looked in my car. I looked, I looked in a number of places. And I just went, that's, that's just not acceptable. I'm, I gotta get to the office. Holy Spirit, show me where the glasses are. Ask, I'm, I'm asking you, please show me where my glasses are. And the very first thought I had was my bed. And I thought, I've already checked that. But, but I know enough to know that, man, maybe there's something there. So I went back upstairs and I reached over to the middle of the bed and I felt around, you couldn't see it. And I didn't feel it the first time, but there was a lump under the covers. I pulled the, the, uh, the comforter back, called, pulled the blanket back, the sheet back, and there are my glasses on the bed, right where the Spirit of God showed me they were. So see, practice, practice in things that, uh, that, that don't maybe matter in the scheme of life, but practice on those things. Uh, as you're pulling into a, uh, a shopping uh, mall or, or a grocery store or something, and, and you're in a hurry, just say, Holy Spirit, show me where the best parking spot is soon. I don't have time to look. And then stop and wait, and which road do I go down? I'm serious. I'm serious. Learn from these things. Pray about them. You know, I, I'll, never, I'll never forget. I woke up one day, and this, this goes into a little different area, but it, it really speaks to hearing his voice. You know, the Bible says that he will speak to you even, even in the night seasons. You know, we spend up to a third of our life, maybe a little bit more, uh, sleeping. So why not, why not listen to the voice of God even while we're sleeping? It's, it's true. We can cultivate that. So one morning, I woke up and I had this, this name that I'd never heard before. Uh, on my on my mind, and it was more than on my mind, it was in my spirit. And I woke up saying this name. I got out of bed and I couldn't shake it. I thought, I have no idea who that is. So I began to pray for him. And I just thought, listen, uh, uh, maybe it's the Spirit of God showing me something. So I began to pray for this person for their name. Later on in the day, I decided to do a little research and I tried to find this person on uh, social media. Well, sure enough, I found this, and it was an unusual name. So all of a sudden, I find this guy on social media, and here's a video of him preaching at a church in, I think it was South Carolina or Virginia. I, I can't remember the state. But he's a, ret a retired preacher. And, and so I sent him a message, and I said, Alton, his first name was Alton. I said, Alton, listen, you don't know me, and I really don't know you, but I just want you to know, Spirit of God woke me up this morning with your name, in my spirit, and I've been praying for you, so I don't know what's going on, if anything, but just know that a pastor up in Michigan is praying for you in, in your city. You know, he didn't respond right away, but pretty soon he responded, and he says, thank you, that's amazing. And then he told me some things his son was going through, and could I pray for him? See, when you cultivate that sense of wanting to know his voice and realizing that you can hear his voice, it makes all the difference in the world. It, it gives you an advantage in life. It, it expands your options. 
as I said at the beginning, it makes known things that are unseen, just amazing advantages that we have when we hear the voice of the Father. I'm going to pray for you that you do hear his voice, maybe more clearly than you ever have before. I'm just going to believe God for that for you, okay? Father God, help the people that are watching this right now to to hear your voice and to desire even greater sensitivity to hear your voice. Father, I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord God. We're all growing in our sensitivity to the things that you have for us. God, you are a good God. I'm giving you praise and give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.